Hey y'all, I'm your host, Jaquela Lynn, aka Coach Quay, the productivity coach and your motivational queen. And this is the Productive Mompreneur Show. This podcast is for mompreneurs who want tips to be more productive in their family life and their business. Because God so freely gave these tools to me, I will give you everything you need. Do you need motivation? Motivation. And where should you go? Coach Quay. Maybe you might need some stimulation. Stimulation. Who got that? Coach Quay. Coupled with some determination. Determination. You already know. Coach Quay. And given that supernatural inspiration. inspiration. Oh, yeah. Coach Quay. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Productive Mompreneur Show. I'm your host, Jaquela Lynn. Let's dive right in. I am super excited to bring you one of my newest favorite people because listen, when moms get together and we go through stuff because if you're a mom, you know you're going to go through something. It is on the strength of other moms that you are picked back up, that you are pushed forward, and that you are encouraged to continue doing what it is that you're doing. And so I'm grateful because I have Robin Sachs here who is just going to share with us some of her story. And she's going to encourage us to keep pushing because listen, I've been going through some things, but I got an amazing group of women surrounding me that I have just been partnering with. And so Robin is going to introduce herself and then we're going to jump right in. So go ahead, Robin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, Jaquela, thank you so much for the invite. And I'm, I'm so excited to share with your listeners. Um, and I'm, I'm going to partially repeat kind of what you said is, you know, personally, I'm a, a, com- a professionally, I'm a confidence coach. Uh, I work with a lot of people with public speaking coaching. Uh, and I do a lot of work with stress management with people. But personally, I am a mom, wife and friend. And to echo what you just said, you know, we all have titles, and we all have labels, and we all have jobs, and we all have responsibilities of various types. But when it comes down to it, there are certain things that we experience that other people have experienced too. And when you get together with those people of shared experiences, it's amazing the support and the answers and just anything you need shows up. And so I I love your show and thank you for bringing all of us together. Thank you so much. So as y'all heard, she, she is a human. She understands she's a mom, a wife, and those two titles right there, woo! Take a lot of time and energy. (laughs) And on top of that, she's a confidence coach and works with stress management. And I'm telling y'all, you know, when you're in the middle of something big and when God gives you these big dreams and these big goals and you're working so hard, you already know that a little enemy going to come in and try and mess you up. And so I'm grateful for you because you really are helping me to just stay on track when I was, you know, getting flustered, you know, and I'm, I'm a mom of three. And my three kids, they're like, mom, we decide we want to homeschool. And I was like, okay. Um, They're like, mom, when's your conference going to be over? And I'm like, how about we get it started first? Like, (laughs) so I'm excited that they're understanding they're in the know, but whoa, I tell you, it's been interesting. So, so as you already mentioned, you're a confidence coach. And I think that is so amazing. Why, why in your mind is it important for women who are moms to get their confidence back you know it's amazing because if we look back to when we were all toddlers like you were just explaining right we were just we ruled the world right we had the utmost confidence when we were little kids right we did what we wanted to do we said what we wanted to say we were defiant and sometimes sometimes we were told to do things and we went oh, i'm going to do it differently and we went and did it differently yeah. we didn't stop we didn't have self doubt we didn't question ourselves we didn't second guess ourselves now not that toddlers always do the right things or have the right answers <laughs> but you know, that, that sense of we all came into the world with this ability to really do what we want to do, be who we want to be, right? Back then it was, I throw a towel over my shoulders and I could fly. I was a superhero, yeah. right? You could yeah. literally be anything you wanted to be because there was no self-doubt. You were full of confidence. And what happens is as we go through life and, and even 
fairly early in childhood, you know, we start going through life and then we walk through our teens and walk into our adult lives. Mm-hmm. It seems like our confidence tends to get squashed a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And when that happens, um, you know, that questioning, that self-doubt, that, that second guessing ourselves keeps creeping in. And what often happens, it's not uncommon. It's, it's, pretty much the the norm, I would say, is at some point in our adult lives, we just kind of stop and realize, wow, I'm kind of feeling unsure of myself or what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, or I'm stuck, or I'm getting pulled in so many directions that I've lost that piece of me that I always wanted to be or strive for. And so what's important about getting that confidence back is one, you've already had it. So it's not about kind of relearning it. It's about unlearning what we've done to get in, that gets in the way of it. And once we have confidence, it doesn't matter how we feel, we can take action. We can feel the fear and do it anyway. You're not going to get rid of fear or stress or anxiety or getting nervous about things or, or feeling overwhelmed at times. Those are human things and those are realistic. They're valid. The key is I can feel those things and still continue to move forward and take action. And that to me is what confidence is all about is you get off of autopilot and instead you're, you get into a place of choice mm-hmm. where I can say, I don't feel motivated to do all my stuff on my to-do list today, but you know what? I don't have to feel motivated. I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to go ahead and do it. You know, I'm scared of this thing that I have coming up later today you know what? That's okay. I can feel scared and go do it anyway. And part of what confidence really is, is feeling whatever you're feeling and doing things anyway. And I, I, you know what, if there was ever a a company, in my opinion, that just got their, their, their motto, right? Nike's got it. Just do it. That is how you continue to build your confidence back up and keep it is no matter what is going on, no matter what you're feeling, validate it, understand what's causing it, and then go do it anyway. That's how you make things happen. Oh, I love that. I I love all of that. Now, (laughs) I I highlighted a couple of things that you said, because one of the things that a lot of us feel like is we are learning how to get confidence. And you said, we're not trying to get confidence. We already had confidence. We just got to unlearn like all of our doubt and all that stuff. So that was really, really good. And when you realize you already have something, it's like that moment where you're like, I have that one pair of pretty shiny earrings. Let me go and find them. And you dig through everything and you find yourself throwing stuff away that don't need to be there. Like that's the visualization that I get when you're looking for that, that, that thing that's important to you. You got to get rid of all the other stuff that's not important, move some stuff out the way. And so you just got me over here pumped because, you know, I'm a firm believer of purging and pruning and removing some things. And I think in this season of getting back to the confident you, the confident woman, especially for our moms, because when I gained that 66 pounds, my confidence went in the toilet and down the drain, you know? When I couldn't fit my size 10 pants anymore, I had no confidence because I was like, I I allowed my weight to define me. I allowed my jean size to define me. And I had never worn, you know, a 16 in my life. And all of a sudden I had gained all this weight and I was wearing all this, this bigger clothes for me. And I'm like, this is not me. I used to shop at five, seven, nine. You remember that store? <laughs> I do. That's wow. Bringing memories back. <laughs> if, there, if there's any kids listening, they probably won't know about five, seven, nine, <laughs> but you know what? Going from that point to the next, I did something exactly like what you said. I got off of autopilot of woe is me complaining. And I did something about it. I made a choice and from that moment forward, I just kept making the same, making a, making a choice every day, making the same decision every day to get up and be in choice. So I appreciate you for that. Ladies, if you hear that, all you have to do is get off of autopilot. We're so used to getting up, getting the kids together, cleaning the house, cooking some stuff, dirt, washing the dirty clothes, picking the kids up 
and starting all over. Like we got to get off autopilot and we got to make a choice. So that was so amazing. Thank you. So you said that you're in business. Have you always been a confidence coach, a self-talk coach? Have you always done that? Or how did business get started for you? You know, it's funny because kind of going along with, with what you said about identity, Jaquela, because identity, we could have a whole, we could talk for hours about oh, identity. <laughs> believing who you are or are not. That's a whole different thing. We'll touch on it, I promise, during our time together. But, um, you know, it's funny because looking backwards, I can see that this is the person I always have been. Going forwards, walking through, you know, different careers and, and experiences and stuff. We don't see that stuff. We don't ever see who we are. And it's amazing because have I always been a confidence coach and work with people on self-talk and all those things? No, not professionally, but as part of who I always was as a friend or a coworker or a family member. Yeah, I, looking back, I always realized that that was a, a true piece of me, a genuine, authentic piece of me that I never really thought was special or different. It was just who I was. And the interesting thing is we all have those things that we don't think are very special about ourselves just because it's just who we are. It's what we do. We don't think it's, it comes easy to us. So we don't think it impacts other people or is a value to other people. And what happened was as I kind of moved, you know, it's never how did you get from A to B? It's how did you get from A to B to C to D to E to F? And, you know, right around getting from about D to E is when I started to realize, wait a minute, not everyone thinks the way I do. And that's, that was like this, this epiphany of, but I'm always kind of that friend that people come to that says, can I bounce something off of you? Or you can help me see the other side of this. You're good at that. Or you can help me get clarity when I'm kind of flipping out about something and I just need to get grounded again and just get back to the facts. Like you said, Jaquela, you know, all that stuff in our minds. And sometimes we just need to clear some of that stuff out to be able to focus on where is that pair of shoes. I got to push the others to the side to get that clarity. And it was something I realized I had done a lot. And the time, the first time it actually hit me that, wait a minute, this is a value that I can share with other people and possibly turn into a business was I was working in television news. So I, I spent a number of years in broadcasting and I had been on air where I was. So I was often asked to come, you know, MC an event in the city or something like that. And what I would do as I was really starting to question whether I wanted to stay in the industry or not, because from a value standpoint, the news industry was very much rubbing me in, in, in a bad direction after a while. And so what I would do at, at these types of events that I'd be asked to come do was I partially to keep my sanity, partially to kind of be humorous about it is I would, I would say things like, let me tell you a secret about the news industry. Never listen to what they're telling you. Always listen to what they're not telling you. I'll, I'll give you an example with even the simplest of things. The weather forecaster will always tell you there's a 20% chance of rain. He or she will never say we have an 80% chance of sun today. They will never say it's partly sunny. They're always going to say it's partly cloudy, but those are exactly the same things. Yeah. Right? The anchor at the desk will say, you know, unemployment is at 10% today. They'll never say we have 90% employment today. Now, that's not to say that, that there aren't challenges and struggles and everybody goes through different things at different times, but big picture, what you start to notice is we're surrounded by what's going on that's wrong. What's the bad part of it? What, is, what could go wrong? And no judgment, just awareness, because awareness is the key. When you realize that your thinking has almost been trained to look for what's going wrong, you completely start to not even look for what could go right or what's going right or what's perfectly fine or what's the good side of it. And what happens is oftentimes life becomes partly cloudy and even, you know, like I'm, I'm in Cleveland and it, this time of year, it's, you know, you could have rain, you could have snow, you could have sun. It's that time of year, it's mixed. It's going from, from winter to spring. And so it could be different. 
So last week it was freezing and rainy and snowy. And the last two days it was like 65 and beautiful outside. And today it's like 40 again and raining. And so everybody you talk to goes, you know, if you talk to them this weekend, they said, oh yeah, it's a beautiful day, but it's going to get colder again. <laughs> right. It's like, we can't even enjoy what's here without putting the, but this is going to go wrong soon. And it, it's, kind of funny when you think about it, but in real life, we don't realize how often we do that. And we're constantly taking a good idea and going, yes, but, and finding a million reasons why it won't work. I'd love to do this, but I don't have the time, the energy, the money, the whatever. And so the idea here is at some point, I realized that every time I talk about that type of stuff, I would have dozens of people come up to me and go, I never thought about it like that before. That changes everything. A little tiny mind shift that sure there's stuff going on that's not the best, that's not good, that's keeping me somewhere that I don't want to be. However, if I look at this other side, here's partly cloudy. Yes, it's partly cloudy. But if I don't look at partly sunny, I'm not going to see the possibilities, the opportunities, what is working right now that I'm ignoring because I'm so focused on what's going wrong. And so I, I left the news industry by choice and I came back to Cleveland because I, I had been out and about around the country for a little while. And I kind of went, well, what does this look like? How is this a business? How do I help people talk differently to themselves? What is that? And I spent about a year, I jumped into every available speaking opportunity I could. If you could get five people in a room in your organization and, and I could come in and talk to them about some of this stuff, I jumped at it. And about a year in, because then I was learning what it, what, what it actually sounded like, what it looked like, what resonated, what didn't. People kind of taught me what it was going to be by yeah. doing that, by just putting it out there. And about a year in, someone called and said, hi, we want you to speak at a conference. One of our people heard you talk somewhere and how much do you charge? And I thought, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. And so I, I fumbled my way through something like, well, send me an email with the details. I'll get a proposal to you by end of business. I got on the phone. I called everyone I ever had known who had ever been paid to speak in front of an audience. I got a whole bunch of, of different numbers, what to charge. I picked one flat in the middle and I emailed it off and I thought nobody's going to pay me that and fly me to Atlanta for a weekend to talk at their conference. I don't understand. 10 minutes later, I had an email saying, perfect, we'll, we'll start setting your stuff up and, and we'll get you your bookings. <laughs> and it, my mind kind of exploded because I thought, wait a minute, that was the moment not only for me to go, wow, someone will pay me for this. I can monetize this. I can create a business. But that was really, I think, the first time that I started to believe that what I was sharing had a value to other people. Yes. And when I took that, how do I share something of value that can be monetized, i.e. turned into a business? Those were the two components. How did that look? And that was about 16 years ago. And... Once I got those two things in alignment and realized it wasn't just about, let me come up with a product or a service that people can pay me for, because then I look like everybody else. And if you look and sound like everyone else, good luck standing out. Mm -hmm. How could I come at it from a value standpoint? What do people want to hear? What do they need to hear? What will make them go, oh my goodness, I never thought about that. That just changed my life today. I right. needed to hear that. And so I started putting things out you know, whether it was an article or a blog post or a, a short video or, or something with that in mind, if I can share value and have people click off and go, I needed to hear that today. Yeah. I'd be able to make it a business. And That's so coming at it from that values piece and recognizing who you are and what you do naturally, what you're good at and owning that. Don't tell yourself, don't second guess it, right? Don't doubt it. Don't question it. Like we were talking about at the beginning, own that that is who you are. And that is something people value already in you. Because the irony is, as soon as I said to people, I think I'm going to be a confidence coach and work with people with stress management stuff and, and help them with their self-talk, kind of make it more positive and helpful. They all went, well, you've always done that. Mm-hmm. 
He was like, well, why didn't you tell me that 20 years ago? So I could have done that. <laughs> so we, yeah, you know, our, our value, your personal value is no surprise to anyone who knows you. It's often a surprise to us because we don't value it ourselves. Exactly. And that's the game changer right there. Ooh, that is good because a lot of people are out here just trying to get a product and push it and sell it. But you talked, you, you said the good stuff, the value that can be monetized, that's your business. What you're good at and who you are. And when you own it, that's your business. I would have never imagined myself writing a book and becoming a productivity coach. Cause I'm like, what, what, what even is that? Right. (laughs) My book was all about ordering your day figuring out how to win the day, whether you got kids or not, because women would tell me my day is, it gets lost and wrapped up in the kids and I get nothing done. And I'm like, well, that's terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> what kind of life is that? Like having a to-do list with no check marks on it all day long. <laughs> it's depressing. And so I know that when I work with clients and they come to me and generally we do like an audit of their schedule and I can point out, you know, I told you I love purging and pruning. I point out all the stuff we're going to purge and we're going to prune. Like, let's get rid of this. People laughed at me when I started hiring a housekeeper, but I'm like, she's good at that. She's owned it while she created a business. So I'm going to let her take care of what she's good at. And I'm going to have more time to spend with my family and more time to spend on my business and not focusing on cleaning all of this big old house. Grateful for it. Don't want to clean it. (laughs) You know what? You just hit on something also that is huge. And I, you know, for, for any women listening who are entrepreneurs or business owners or, or have started something on the side or whatever it might be. One of the things that I hear all the time, and I'm sure you do too, you know, I have to wear so many hats. I used to wear, I have to wear all the family hats and all that stuff, but now I've got to wear the business hats and you just hit on something that is so important. Why? You're allowed to take that hat off and give it to the person who can do it better than you anyway, or give you that time back. You can wear the two or three hats that are you and give other hats away to people that are them. And amazing things happen then. It does. Listen, my housekeeper, she came to clean the house. And so I realized this is four hours of my life that I get back. So while I was working in my office, she was cleaning she was in the bathroom next to my office, kind of listening. And she yeah. says, oh, I need you in my life. <laughs> so, so here we go. I end up getting a new client just because I allowed someone to stay in their lane and I stayed in mine. And so I realized I can't do that. And she can't do what I do. Like, I'm so good at what I do. I'm so good at sitting down and putting your schedule together. I hate cleaning my house. So therefore I'm going to do what's good for me, (laughs) you know, and I'm going to let her do what's good for her. And it's blessed us both. So, so, you know, that also, again, not to to keep adding on to it, because I have a feeling we could talk forever. The two of us about this, right? right? (laughs) But, you know, that also shows, please know that you can own the motto. I don't have to do everything. That's okay to say that. And I think a lot of times, especially as women, especially as moms, oftentimes that's kind of a, almost a given that we take on ourselves. We self-label that, that I have to do it all. And the reality is you might want to do it all and that's okay. And if you choose to do it all, that's okay too. But please be careful about saying you have to do it all. You don't. There are choices that can be made. And, you know, just like you were saying, Jaquela, Jaquela, this is this is one of those things where it often takes an outside person to look into your life to go, oh, I can see exactly what you can shift. Yeah. But we'll never see that from the inside out. Right. Yeah, that is so good. And so I, I work with these women and I enjoy telling them that you don't have to do everything. I remember a person reached out to me and she said, I read something in your book. And I'm like, okay. She was like, you told us don't try and do everything. Mm-hmm. Like the quote says, women ask me all the time, oh my gosh, how do you get everything done? And I said, I don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. I let other people do what they're good at because 
if I'm doing everything, then I don't get to be who I am. And if I don't get to be who I am, you don't get to experience the real me. You're experiencing the burnt out, exhausted, tired, overwhelmed me who's kind of cranky. But if I'm passing on what people are doing and I'm being just me, the best person I can be, you're going to get the amazing version of me. And I know you have a great saying about that. Tell us about your saying when you tell people, go ahead, I want to let you say it. Yeah, you know what? I who you are is your superpower simply because no one else is you. And and that's, you know, we, we lose that a lot of times because we want to fit in, right? Or we want to, oh, I'm supposed to do this, or this is what people like me do, you know, and we, we try and follow all the hacks and we try and follow all the rules and we try and follow all of the different pieces of advice that we get. And, you know, I, I heard this wonderful thing and it was, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the sitcom, the show New Girl that was on several years ago. So there's a, long story short, there's a character named Winston Bishop. And Winston Bishop said this one time and it blew my mind. He said, if, you had a, if your life had a suggestion box, it would be overflowing constantly because everyone in your life thinks you should be doing this or should be doing that or is giving you ideas. You could do this better. You could do this differently. And they're shoving things in. But he said, the only comment card you ever need to actually pay attention to is the one you write for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you better write that comment card and you better put in that suggestion box, here is who I am. And I am giving myself permission to be that person. And so, you know, some of the best advice in my opinion, is to stop listening to everyone's advice. Get some clarity on who you are because that is your superpower because no one else is you. If you try and do it like everyone else, no matter what else you're doing, again, good luck standing out, good luck getting it done because you're going to do what everyone else is doing. You're going to look like everyone else, sound like everyone else, and you're probably going to get the results that most people do, which are not the results they're looking for. So- own being different, own being you, and really look at what everyone else is doing and go, good for them. And then sit back and take a breath and go, but what am I going to choose to do? Yes. Really get comfortable with with going to that place and your superpowers will come out in every aspect of your life. It, It will transform you. That is so good. I love that. So let's talk about your superpower because I want to make sure the moms know that because you are a mom. How old is your daughter? She is 15. Okay. So you've got a 15 year old daughter. And if they were listening, you've got a 15 year old business. So you had a business and a daughter at the same time. So you were birthing some amazing things at the same time. How did you handle having a daughter and being in business at the same time. Yeah. So when, when my daughter was, when I was pregnant, I was just getting ready to leave a position um, on a, on a good note that I had been in for about four years. Um, So between my broadcasting career and my business, I was the director of marketing for a, a company, a medical, a dental company for a while. And that was kind of my mommy job. (laughs) Because, you know, I had Olivia, my daughter, and I had a little bit of time before I transitioned over into my own stuff. And uh, one of the things that started happening is when I was on maternity leave, I had some time. And you might think, oh, my goodness, but there's a million things going on. That first, that beginning part where they're like asleep most of the time and then they need to eat and then they're asleep most of the time. Um, I, I kind of got into a mindset of it's about to get a little hairy now. It's about to get a little wild. You know, the next couple of years, few years, it's going to be a little nuts. But I want to find pockets of time because that's the thing that's not going to be there for the next several years. I've got to find pockets of time. And if I'm able to do that for me, to your point, I can be the best me. I can give myself what I need. And if I can give myself what I need, I can give others what they need more. And I know that it's going to be a very tiresome time coming up. 
I need to find places of rest and places to do things that are going to make keep me happy and involved and and de-stressed. And so I got in the habit of looking for those little pockets, even if it was 10 minutes while she was taking a nap or whatever it might be. And I sort of kind of, I, I actually started keeping what I would call a habit tracker during that time. And you're, you might be, your listeners might be familiar with a habit tracker, but what I did is instead of going, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this and pretending or thinking that I had to do everything, I flipped that. Because again, that was kind of, that's always been my superpower is flip the thinking right? If it's over here, yes. However, this is true too. And so I went, okay, let me use that superpower. Instead of thinking of all the things I think I have to do, I'm actually going to write down a little list of the only things I need to do every day. Because I thought it was this when I actually put stuff down and went, well, do I actually have to do that? No, I don't. Do I have to do this? Yeah, that's important. Do I have to do this? Not really. And what I found was this list that in my head was huge, all of a sudden was pared down to like five things a day that to keep my sanity, to get myself well rested, to be able to to do something that made me happy or brought me some joy, even if it was for a couple of minutes, what could bring me calm, what could allow me to spend the time with with my family or work on my business, those things, I actually... If it wasn't on my list, it didn't have to get done. So I didn't hold myself to that standard of, I have to do it. No, I don't. My goal every day is to check these five things off the list. That's it. And as soon as I allowed myself or gave myself permission to pare down and get really real with myself, all of a sudden I found that there were pockets of time everywhere. Everywhere. And it was amazing because I didn't need to block off an hour or two hours to work in my business. I could block off 15 minutes and I could get something checked off my list. You know, if I wanted to, you know, I started dabbling in like meditating and things like that just to really learn how to, you know, get calm and get centered. And a huge piece of confidence is being in control of yourself. And so that was stuff I was working with. And you know, I thought, oh, well, I have to do a half hour meditation. No, you could do a 30 second meditation, cross it off the list. And if you do it every single day, your brain learns, your body learns, your breath learns. And so I basically took everything that was big and I just squashed it down and made it really concise. <laughs> and time was everywhere. And that's yeah. when I realized, whoa, if you choose to look at those things differently, And if you stop telling yourself they are overwhelming or it takes so much time or it's such a big thing, if you take those words out of your vocabulary and you come back and say, all I need to do right now is this one thing, or all I need right now is five minutes and I have that, I can do this. You realize how quickly those things build on one another when you do that on a daily basis and you're just consistent with it. And that's when you realize the important things can all get done at the same time. And a lot of the things you were telling yourself were important or necessary, or you had to be the one to do them, weren't really things that needed to be in the mix right there. Yeah. And as that grew, right? Like you said, Jaquela, you know, I don't need to vacuum every couple of days. You know what? I'll vacuum once a week. It's not that big a deal, right? Or at some point, can I ask, can I hire someone to come in once a week or every couple of weeks or something and do like the bathrooms and the kitchen and, you know, just do those things that I don't have to do, but I'd like to get done. Yeah. Like, I don't And it was just a different way of looking at stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I felt like, so... My house is about 3,500 square feet. It's ridiculously big, but it fits all five of us. My kids can play. Let me not say my kids because I play with them. Me and the kids can play hide and seek for hours. You know, (laughs) sometimes they fall asleep playing hide and seek in their hiding spot, you know, but I would look at the carpet as we're hiding. I'll be under the bed and I'm looking at the carpet. I'm like, my goodness, someone needs to clean this up, you know? And having her come in and vacuum all of these floors, it's so loud in here for over an hour because she's vacuuming so much floor. And I just know that that hour, I could never get it back. And when I would put on my list, because you you basically broke it down how I do it. 
I work with my clients and this is how I did it for myself. I started tracking my habits and I plucked out the things that were unnecessary and our vacuuming that was unnecessary. So when she comes every few weeks, she does it. My kids now know how to vacuum. Even the, the three-year-old is like, let me vacuum, you know? And so everybody gets in on the vacuum. And it's like, I'm not the only person in this house that can vacuum. I'm not the only, my son asked me last night, what's for dinner? I said, what is for dinner? He was like, well, you, um, you usually cook. I said, yeah. And he's like, dad, are you cooking? You know? And so it was like really confusing in the house for a moment because no one knew what was for dinner, but I had to realize that I'm not the only person who can do these things, you know? And so everything you said was so good. And when you really find those pockets of time, and that was key for me, I had to find those pockets. Your baby is asleep 10 minutes, you work for 10 minutes, or you sleep with them for 10 minutes, or that's when you wash the dishes, you know, like, you have to use your time wisely. And a lot of people are not. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the key to that, Jaquela, also is make sure it's your conscious choice. So don't beat yourself up that you're going to take a nap. Don't beat yourself up that you're going in to clean the kitchen. Don't beat yourself up that you didn't stop and work or you did stop and work and you could have done something else. Right. It's about, I'm going to make a conscious decision to do this right now. Because what you did is, it's really hard to second guess yourself when you've taken control and you've made a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you stop and go, oh my goodness, I could do this or I should do that or I, I should be doing this or I shouldn't do that. That's where we start to really second guess and self-doubt and really feel down on ourselves. If you say, I am taking a 20 minute nap, then I'll get up and do something else. And you go lay down and you set your alarm and you take a 20 minute nap, you owned that. That was a conscious choice. And that's empowering. That's not, I'm frittering away 20 minutes. That's empowering. And that's how you raise that confidence is whatever you do, do it deliberately, do it intentionally. And your confidence begins to go through the roof. And, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the lady who comes to clean your house, whether it's, you know, dad making dinner or the kid making dinner tonight or whatever, you know, one of the wonderful things to do is, you know, as human being to human being, you know, being appreciative, not of everything you do yourself, but what other people do and to be able to go every once in a while, hey, I appreciate that you do that. Those are huge moments for people. And we don't do that for ourselves enough. You know, I appreciate you took that nap because you needed to recharge a little bit. Good for you. You know, or hey, thanks for picking up that slack today. Or thanks for doing whatever you know, being grateful is a huge piece of really just being in control of you and really just owning the fact that everyone's doing exactly the same stuff you're doing, right? We're all in our heads thinking the same things, trying to figure the same things out, working with the same challenges. And the more on a human level, we can just remind each other that, hey, thanks, you're appreciated. Yeah, That is so huge. Um, And it's a component to everything we're talking about. Yes. So speaking of that, so you mentioned how we're human. And so you've got this business, you've got this baby. How are you getting your work done with your daughter, working with new clients? Like, how did that work? Because I've got women who are starting new businesses and they feel like if my kid is home then I can't have a call, which most people don't know, my son is probably standing outside the door right now waiting. How did you handle the components of having a daughter around and having clients? And what did you do? Tell us how you did it and how they can overcome this as well. Certainly. So two things, one is a mindset shift for myself. And one was actually physically what I did, what I chose to do. So the mindset shift was similar to the mindset shift of, I don't have to do everything. I can pick and choose and be intentional. The mindset shift around that was, I don't have to be perfect. I can be human. And I don't have to hide the fact that I have a a kid. I don't have to make it seem like that's not who I am because I am who I am. And I'm going to show up authentically and genuinely. And that's what's going to be. And so I had to really, again, take ownership of that thinking. And I got to tell you, this obviously was was pre-pandemic for for several years pre-pandemic, but you know Panera became my office, mm-hmm. and what would happen was you know from the time she was a, a little kid 
to the time she was a toddler. We actually, we homeschooled for several years too. And, you know, we would, she would come with me to meetings and I would always be at a Panera and we'd get there early and I would have, I'd pack my bag, my work bag, and she'd pack her little work bag. We made it kind of fun that she's coming to work today and stuff. And, and she could pack her own bag and she'd bring her puzzles or her coloring stuff or her little book that she wanted, whatever. And we'd get there early. We'd pick a nice booth somewhere in the corner. We'd let her set her stuff up like on the two top table right next to where I was going to be. And we'd go up, we'd order her stuff. She'd sit there and she was like this little person sitting in her little office. And we made it enjoyable and fun for her, made sure she had what she needed. And I always, anyone I was ever going to meet with, I made it, I, I let them know, heads up, my daughter's going to be with me. She does her own thing, but she's my daughter. So if she needs to come to me and ask for something or whatever, I just want to let you know she'll be there, but it won't be something interfering with what we're working on. Right. And never, not a single time did a person go, oh, I don't know about that. Can we find a time that we don't do that? <clears throat> and so what ended up happening was there were times when she would be like with a grandparent, right? Or, or you know, my husband was home and said, hey, I'm taking live for the day or whatever. We're going to go do something. And I would show up and people would be upset that I worked with that were like, <laughs> where's Olivia? I'm like, they're like, we come for her. You're just a, you know, a, a side yeah. thing that happens there. But, um, and, and it just kind of became part of who I was as a person, not just a business person, not just as a mom, but who I was as a person. And that's what came along with me. And, you know, I, I will say I, I'm grateful to no end and, and lucky that, she was a child who could, you know, sit and do her own thing. Or if we needed to get up and take a walk for a few minutes, we'd go take a break to get some of that energy out and things like right. that. Um, but, you know, I, I think during the pandemic, when everybody had to go to virtual and most people are still doing so much virtual, the irony to me is the technology really has made us so much more human in this exact way that we're talking about. Because like you said, your son's outside the door. He could come in at any point and say, mommy, could I have this, right? Our cats walk across the keyboards and we're in each other's houses. You know, we're looking around and stuff. And, you know, our dogs bark when the UPS person comes to the door. We're just human. And if you try and hide that, I think that's one of the most disconnecting things you can do whether you're a personal or professional life, allow that stuff to happen. Take whatever you need to do in the moment, you know, don't hide it, announce it and go, oh, well, this is fluffy, right? Or this is Joe. Hey, yeah. Joe, say hi to my coworkers. Awesome. All right. I'll be done in just a few minutes. Yep. Just own that stuff and be human. And what you find is that it, it's so much more endearing and people really just pull into you more instead of pushing back. And so yeah. I love that we've had that that ability to get more human. Oh yeah. Because I yeah. think that going forward for especially, you know, moms who are business owners, that's something I think that's so much easier to to kind of come into because we're used to seeing those things a little more than we used to. Right. And so, you know, give yourself permission to be human. Give yourself to be both mom and business owner because you can be both. It is who you are. And, you know, sometimes those are going to be the same hat. Don't think of them as separate hats because, you know, you can think about, hey, I, I'm going to, uh, the way that I'm going to take care of my child here is the way I'm going to take care of my clients. I'm going to take care of you. And that's who I am. That's part of what I do. Right. And so there are ways to really equate those things to one another and just understand that really they're the same things. What do you need to do to help someone else with something that they need? That sounds like my child. That sounds like my clients. It's the same thing when you talk about just the big picture of it. Yeah, that is good. So I want to shift a little bit into some business training for the moms because you have a book that I know that can help the women who are in business to really shift their mindset and really get started and pushing themselves to the next level. So talk about your book and how your book can help our listeners. Certainly, thank you for mentioning it. So my book is called Get Off My Bus and Get Off My Bus is an analogy. So 
you know, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about so far, Jaquela, is stuff about ourselves, what we can do. Can we shift some mindset, shift some self-talk, those types of things. Get off my bus starts with that, but then rolls over into managing other people in our lives. Because a lot of times we feel that other people are bringing things to us that we're having to deal with or having to sort out or manage. So the analogy of get off my bus is simply we're born and every one of us is a bus driver. We have our own bus that we drive through our lives. And as we drive through our lives, people are constantly coming onto our bus and people are constantly going off of our bus. Some people step on for a moment and that's it, they're gone. Some people come on for a lifetime. Right? They might shift closer to the front or a little farther back, depending on you know, what's going on in my life or their life at the time. People, Some people come on and off over time. But anytime you're feeling stuck or overwhelmed in life, or like so much is coming at you and there are so many of the other people in your life kind of feeling like there's demands on you, mm-hmm. there are five questions about your bus that you can ask and quickly get some clarity on that will really help you to just be able to refocus, point and aim and and start moving again. Question number one is who's driving your bus? So did you get up out of your driver's seat and someone else sat down or, or does it feel like someone grabbed you out of your driver's seat and they took the wheel, so to speak? Who's driving your bus? The only person that should ever be driving your bus? The right answer is you, you got it. So who's driving your bus? Question number two, if you look at any city bus in the country, right across the top, it always has something. It tells you the destination. Where is it going? So question number two is, where are you going? What is it you're trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? If we don't have a sense of at least what direction we're heading in, we don't have to know, you know, 10 years from now, five years from now, 30 years from now, we don't have to have an end goal in sight. That's really difficult to do, but where am I going today? What is my goal today? What are, what am I, where am I going this week, this month, this year? If I have a sense of where I'm headed, that's going to help me a ton because when I get to those stop signs in life that happen constantly throughout every day, mm-hmm. I don't have to sit and go, well, should I turn right? Should I turn left? Should I go backwards? I guess I can just hang out here until someone else comes along and says where I should go. No, if I know where I'm going, I'm going to stop at the stop sign. I'm going to hit the gas and I'm going to keep heading in that direction. So it's hard to stay stuck if you have a sense of where you're headed. The third question, have people turn around and look at your passengers. And the third question is who needs to get off your bus? Mm. And I I can pretty much guarantee, because it always happens, as soon as I say that, we all have a face and a name come to our mind, (laughs) right? We know who those people are, and those people might be friends and family members. It's not to say those are bad people, right? They could be coworkers. They could be people around us that we we enjoy, but there are times, and, and I guess a little side note here, Toxic people need to get off my bus. (laughs) That's that's a totally different story. But your everyday people who need to get off the bus sometimes might be the negative people or the naysayers, the ones that are always jumping and you go, hey, I think I'm going to try this. And somebody goes, oh, you'll never do that. That doesn't work. Or you're no good at that. Those people who are projecting their shortcomings and insecurities onto you need to get off your bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you don't know who these people are, if your phone rings and you look at the caller ID and you're like, Oh, cannot do that right now. <laughs> That's one of those people. Right. So the idea with that is those people always seem to feel like they're right up against that driver's seat right behind you. They're just there. And they feel like the hand, their hands on the wheel, even sometimes steering with you. And oftentimes The way to help those people drift back a few seats naturally is really to stop our focusing on them because Mm -hmm. the people that seem to come up that are those types of people, we tend to not be able to let go of very easily. And, you know, you might have an awful call with somebody that morning and three hours later, someone says, oh, you're seem like you're in a mood today. Are you okay? Do you know what he said this morning? 
right? Right. Or you get home and you're like, do you know how my day started? She called and said this. Mm -hmm. We keep reliving it. We keep bringing it back up. And so if we take the time to go, yep, that happened. And I'm going to give myself permission to just let it go. I'm not going to carry it through my day. I'm going to just let, it's going to naturally drift back a little bit. And all of a sudden, that pressure of them being right there on top of me goes back. So it's a way that we can kind of mitigate those people sometimes that you have to work with or deal with or be with regularly anyway. You can choose not to participate in their drama when they're putting on a drama. That's your choice, not theirs. So don't buy a ticket to it. Leave it intermission. (laughs) The fourth question is, who needs to get on your bus? And this is really about, you know, especially as we change roles in life or we add new roles, right? So you might be a business owner who's now a mom. You might be a mom who's now a business owner. You're adding things to who you already are. And like we were talking about, Jaquela, where it's, you know, we don't have to do everything. Who needs to get on your bus? Are there people, I don't have to learn how to code to make a website. I can hire someone to build my website. I don't have to, you know, make sure that cleaning the house is constantly on my radar. I can hire someone to come in every couple of weeks and and go ahead and do a thorough cleaning. That's wonderful. I don't have to learn how to get onto Canva and graphic design all of my logos. I I can have somebody do that. And so sometimes it's a matter of who can do the things I don't need to do, but I want done or need done. The other people who are great to get on your bus are the cheerleaders are the people who are opposite of those naysayers, the ones that say, I don't know if it'll work, but give it a shot. They're the ones that are always taking you in a more positive direction to see possibilities instead of pulling you back going, that's not going to work and filling you with more doubt. So who needs to get on your bus? The fifth question, and possibly the most important one, because we don't often think about it, whose bus do you need to get off of? Mm. You know, we are all on a bunch of other people's buses. And anytime we're on someone else's bus, we're going in their direction, not ours. Right. And so to occasionally check in with the buses that you're a passenger on and look at things, you know, hey, a couple of years ago, this might have been a really good fit for me, but it's not anymore. I can step off of that bus. And by doing that, I might find some more time, some more energy, some more money, whatever it might be that I'm looking for right now to help move my things forward. Um, Maybe there isn't, I'm on a naysayer's bus or someone who's constantly bringing drama and I leave that, I, I might even enjoy being in that bus, but I always leave exhausted or stressed. It, it sucks the energy out of me instead of filling me with energy. Think about, is it time to take a step off of that bus? You know, maybe you've agreed to, I'll be on the board of this, or I'll join an organization, and you're not serving it, and it's not serving you in a way that it used to. It's okay to step off of that, because the only way we find more time, energy, and money is often when we stop giving it away. And if we're on buses that are constantly moving in different directions than us, Mm. or aren't bringing anything to us or us not serving them anymore, we're giving all of those things away. So it's not that you need more time. You might need to step off some buses and automatically there's that time. You might not need to find more energy. You might need to step away from things that drain your energy. Mm. So kind of think about it opposite almost of how we think about it sometimes. Where are places you're giving those things away that you can step off of and get them all back to put them somewhere else towards something you're looking to, to, to accomplish now. Wow. That was so good. So I will make sure that those five questions, you all have an opportunity to click on a a photo with Robin, answer those questions for yourself. If you didn't have time to write them down, because those are some, some serious questions. I remember a time in my life when I realized I wasn't driving my own self. I didn't have control. I was doing what other people wanted me to do. And when I decided, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I also had to kick some people off my bus because they were like, you can't just switch the game. I'm like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, 
I can. It benefits me. And when I'm taken care of, which is what a lot of moms feel like they can't do, then what do we do? We, we, we don't take care of ourselves. We can take care of everyone else. And then we burn out. But I learned that when I'm taking care of myself, I'm a better version of me for everybody else. And Jaquela, if I can kind of tag onto that for a moment, because boy, what an important point and really something to just, you know, it's worth repeating. But, you know, when we talk about being moms, you're, I'm going to go out on a, on a limb here and say, as a mom, one of your most important titles or labels is role model. Mm-hmm. And your child, no matter what you're saying to them, they are watching everything you're doing, whether you think so or not. And when you build your confidence and when you are willing to say no to things that don't fit or serve you right now, when you are willing to say yes to things that might not make sense on the surface, but you know why you're saying yes to it, when you are willing to do those things, they're watching and there is no bigger gift you can give to your child than teaching them how to to do those things and be willing to say yes or no, or really be comfortable being a little more confident as life takes over, which it's going to. And um, there's a quote, and I have no idea who to attribute it to, but it's something to the effect of um, when you give yourself permission to be you and show up as you, you give people permission to be them. Yeah. Yeah. And there is nothing more powerful than that because a lot of times, even the naysayers, when you just show up and say, well, glad you think that, thanks for your opinion, and you go do it anyway, those people come along and go, you know, you're, you're doing a good job. Or, mm-hmm. well, wow, you actually inspired me to do something I didn't think I could do before. I was a little worried or scared about it. You don't realize how empowering it is to just show up a little more confidently, even if you're nervous, even if you're anxious or worried or stressed or concerned. You are a force to be reckoned with just by showing up with your confidence, no matter what else is going on. You have no idea how many people you impact to do bigger, better things. It's amazing. That is so good. Oh my gosh. I know Robin, we could talk forever because I enjoy our conversation, but let's be um, good stewards of our listeners time. So can you tell everybody where they can contact you, how they can stay in contact with you? Thank you so much for that invite to do that. Uh, So my website is robinjsacks.com. And you can reach me there. Um, you can see how to work with me or, or hire me to speak, any of that stuff. There's also a lot of free videos, a lot of free articles, blog posts, things like that. So if this is stuff that kind of has your mind going and your juices flowing, a uh, lot of great stuff on there. Feel free to visit that. The other thing, um, I'm on LinkedIn pretty much daily. And I do interact there often. So feel free if you'd like to follow me. Again, I share a lot of videos and tips and tools and and wonderful articles and things from other people that I think would really be helpful. Um, Feel free to do that or even connect with me if that would be of interest to you. Awesome. And I will put her links in the show notes. And just a special note for you all, Robin will also be a special guest at the MommyCon. So if you want to hear more about your superpower, being you and being confident, then you need to make sure you are registered for the MommyCon. We are hosting this free conference. It's virtual. You can literally show up in your pajamas if you want to just log in and listen, because there's going to be some great tips for you. So the Mommy Con is March 17th through the 19th, 2022, y'all. I'm not talking about next year. So I'm talking about next week. <laughs> so make sure you register. This will be an awesome time for her to help fill your cup so that you don't have to stay busy, overwhelmed, or, un- or, or less confident than you really need to be. You can get the refresh that you need, and you can really walk in your superpower. So Thank y'all so much for tuning in today. We are so glad that we were able to just pour into you, help you to figure out some new tips. If you're a mom with a kid starting a business, take your baby with you. I remember Robin told me before, every day is take your child to work day. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks again for tuning in with us. Go do something productive. Peace. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Productive Mompreneur Show. If you enjoyed today's episode and found value in it, it would mean a lot to me if you share your biggest takeaway in your Instagram stories and tag at Jaquela Lynn. That'll help me help you through these podcast episodes. And while we're helping people, you can take one minute to rate, review, subscribe, and share with other people who you think might enjoy this. To learn how to work with me directly or get access to my tips, freebies, and trainings, be sure to head over to JaquelaLynn.com. Put slash community if you want to join my Facebook community. I'm Jaquela Lynn. Thanks for adding me to your to-do list. Now go do something productive. You already know. Go play.